You are listening to the official podcast of Refuge, where we believe all people matter to God. Well, good morning once again. I hope you got to say hi to somebody. Oh, who's somebody? Right, that's, well, hi to a real person. I'm really excited about uh, this morning and the service. We're going to talk about opportunity. How many of you want to talk about opportunity this morning? So, anyway, some good news for those of you that have stood and prayed for Pastor Saeed, who's a U.S. citizen that was uh, imprisoned in Iran for about three and a half years. He went there to do mission work. They were uh, doing things with orphanages and, and I think working and helping to drill wells and things like that. A total humanitarian effort and not a forceful presentation of the gospel, but yet presenting you know, the word of God in, the, in a non-threatening way, but yet imprisoned. Uh, he was released last week, uh, a week ago, Saturday. So that's a huge blessing. That was a long battle. And we need to be mindful of, of other believers around the world that are being persecuted. Uh, there, uh, this past year, I read a report that it was the last year, 2015, was the greatest year of persecution since the church began. And so uh, with all those that were martyred for Christ and, and the, the things that are happening around the world, it's, it's heartbreaking, but we need to be mindful of those that are persecuted for their faith. To me, for me, this past week, um, I celebrated a 32nd anniversary of ministry, but more importantly, <laughs> more importantly, uh, the church celebrated its 32nd anniversary its first anniversary is coming up this week of Refuge. We will be one year old as of the 27th, uh, celebrating our first anniversary as Refuge. But as a church body, we've been together for 32 years and counting. And I just, I just want to share this because we started very small, humble beginnings. We started meeting at the Blessed Western at that time across town, uh, the hotel that's at the intersection of I-39 and, and Highway 10. At that intersection, it was the Blessed Western where we began in a conference room with just a few people. And God has done so much over these years, and, and I'm so privileged to have been a part of what God's decide, God decided to do in, in this community. And, and I still feel after 32 years, I've just scratched the surface because God has so much more that he wants to do, not only in your life, but my life and within this community. And so we're continuing to press into God for all that he has for this body of believers and our impact in this world. And I believe that you are here to be taught, to be trained, to be equipped so that you can be successful at whatever God has called and intended for you to do. We are behind you 100%. Um, so that's, uh, uh, I could share a lot of memories. I, what, I'll share this. I was so nervous standing before that a group of people on that first service, January 22nd, 1984. And, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of tech stuff, not even a sound system. But I had this little portable cassette recorder. And I had this little lapel that I, I strapped up, you know, to my lapel. And I, I was my own sound man. I mean, I did it all back then. 
And so, but I, I got so into preaching that when the tape stopped and I had to flip it over, I forgot to flip it over. And because of budgetary issues, it was a used cassette that another message, I was just recording over another message. And so in the archives of the church, we have this cassette. It's called The Believer's Ministry. It was the first service, first sermon I ever preached as a pastor, officially, I guess. Um, and it's only half of a message on one side. You, on the second side, there's some message, the truth about rock and roll, you know, <laughs> by these two brothers from Minneapolis that were campaigning around the nation, sharing about the evils of rock and roll music. You know, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway, we've come a long way, but we give glory and credit to Jesus Christ. Because I am what I am by the grace of God. What we've accomplished in our endeavors is by the grace of God. And we continue to look to him. And the challenges we're facing now, we know that God is faithful. That will help us to prevail. Amen. So Fresh Start, this has been Fresh Start. That's a, we, a name that we've called the fast that we participate in. The first, well, since January 4th through today, 21 days, where we spend this time really pressing into God, really seeking his heart to, to really find answers, direction, and, and even to have breakthrough in areas where we've been struggling in our life, in our walk with God. And so this has been a wonderful time, and, and some, I have an announcement today, we're going to extend the fast. Hey, yeah, that's a better response than I thought. I'm kidding. But, but, some people always do. Um, a couple of years ago, family came to me and said, Pastor, I know we, uh, we didn't share this publicly, but we went, we extended the fast for 40 days because we just didn't get that breakthrough that we were believing for, and we really felt that we needed to continue. And so let me just encourage some of you that feel like you maybe didn't get that breakthrough from God, to continue, and even if it's not the total Daniel fast thing, maybe cut out the sweets, cut out the soda, cut out the caffeine. I, I know that's hard. My uh, Deb had an issue with caffeine. She had a caffeine craving, but she, I can tell you, she overcame it. She didn't give in, but she is looking forward <laughs> to a French press brew tomorrow morning, right, honey? I, I'll, I'll make it for you, okay? So uh, it, it, it will be good, I'm sure. Amen. Black, straight, with creamer, however it's served, right? Anyway, so every day, this is the final day of, of the Fresh Start fast, and the prayer focus today, each day we have a prayer focus, it's on refuge. And so as we open in prayer, and always pray before I preach, uh, we want to pray for refuge. And, and what I'm going to do, I'm going to pray a scriptural prayer, which we see in Colossians chapter 1, which I believe is relevant for each of us and will impact this body of believers as we continue to serve God's purpose for this generation. Let's pray. Before we pray, I'm going to read a scripture. Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. With new things come new opportunities. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for this opportunity to gather together as a body of believers. We thank you for the freedom we have in this country 
to worship you without being oppressed. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for refuge, for this body of believers, which is made up of individuals that have a passion and a heart to serve your purpose. And Father, you brought us together and connected us in such a way where we can make an impact in this world. And we thank you for refuge. And I pray according to your word what we see in Colossians 1, verses 9 through 13. Father, we ask that we may be filled with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that we can walk in a manner that's worthy of you, Lord, fully pleasing to you, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in your knowledge, in the knowledge of you. Father, we pray that we may be strengthened with all power according to your glorious might. And Father, that we would have endurance and patience with joy. And we give you thanks because you qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. And you have delivered us from the dominion of darkness and you've transferred us into the kingdom of your beloved son. Father, we thank you for this. We thank you for this first year, Father, as refuge, as we continue to reach out to impact this community. We ask for your strength. We ask for your provision. And we ask for labors for this harvest. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Some of the things, and I'm going to share a couple of things that came to me uh, during the time of fasting. Uh, I commit time to prayer. We pray in the chapel at the school every morning. And I appreciate those that were able to join uh, us for that. We had just a real strong sense of God's presence in those prayer meetings. But one of the things that came was uh, that 2016 would be a year. Um, let me find this here. Just, all right. Because this is a year of Jubilee, and for those of you that don't, that don't know what Jubilee is, in Leviticus 25.10, the scripture says you shall consecrate the 50th year. That's Jubilee, the 50th year. And uh, the 50th year, which would be a proclamation. Actually, I, I got it right there. And you shall consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all of its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you when each of you shall return to his property and each of you shall return to his clan. So it's a time of people coming together. It's a time of freedom and liberty. And so we can uh, set our hearts towards that and expect God to bring that about in our lives. Uh, this, and what came to me in prayer was that this is a year of signs, miracles, and wonders. A year of the manifestation of God's spirit moving in us and among us. A year of increase and abounding peace, provision, and protection. An outpouring of God's love and mercy to save, to heal, and to deliver. 2016 will not just be a year of growth in numbers, but also in unity, in spiritual depth, in character, and influence that would reach beyond these four walls. And God wants people to be drawn here. And, and it's, it's really what they see in you that's going to make the difference. They're going to see, hey, there's something about you that's maybe different than other people. You have this passion, you have this love, you have this, this, this 
presence of God in your life. And, and people will be drawn to that. When Jesus said that he had built this church, realize that he was talking about you. Do you realize that? Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church is not an organization. The church is people like you and like me. So when Jesus said he'll build his church, he's saying, I'm gonna build Kurt Beversdorf. I'm gonna build his life. And then he goes on to say, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Well, what does that mean? Gates mean, means the government. The gates were always symbolic of the government structure, the power of the government. And so literally the scripture says, the government of hell cannot prevail against Kurt. Because Jesus said, I will build Kurt. And see, you can individualize that in all of your lives. He's going to build you because you're part of his church. So get ready to be built up, to be strengthened, to be equipped. Because Jesus himself is personally building your lives. But you have to be open. like a, You have to let him do it. See, the greatest struggle of Christianity, and I'm convinced of this, the greatest struggle of Christianity is yielding your will to his. If you can successfully do that, you, you'll be awesome, and God will do awesome work through you. All you have to do is yield. I, you know, you come up to yield sign. I always want to get through before somebody else is there, but if somebody else is coming, I have to yield. I mean, that's by law. You have to let that other person pass in front of you, right? Otherwise, if a cop is watching, they might just give you a ticket, unless they're nice that day. They're always nice, right? Okay. All right. Well, opportunity. What is opportunity? What is it? Well, I'll share a couple of phrases here. Circumstances with uncertain outcome. That's opportunity. Requiring commitment of resources. Okay, let me say it again. Circumstances with, certain, with uncertain outcome requiring commitment of resources. Opportunity is also cost, a benefit, or value of something that must be given up to acquire or to achieve. In other words, an opportunity will require you to do something. It requires you to sacrifice. It requires, there's a price tag attached to every opportunity in one way or another. Merriam-Webster defines it as a good chance for advancement or progress. It's a chance. It's an opportunity. Now, this is an opportune time for your life. And no matter what's happening in the world, there are opportunities for you, regardless of what's happening around you. Everything, here's a quote by Kobe Bryant. He says, everything negative, pressure, challenges, it's all an opportunity for me to rise. No matter what you're dealing with, Whatever challenge that's standing before you or presenting itself to you is an opportunity for you to rise up to that occasion. Uh, Douglas MacArthur, I have a few quotes for you today, folks. There is no security on this earth. There is only opportunity. Mm, I, I like that. We, always, we, always, uh, we gravitate towards security. We want everything secure. But 
you know, uh, our only security is in God, right? Uh, life is an opportunity filled with moments that give us a chance to make a positive and lasting difference in this world. It really is. It's an opportunity, or an opportunity is a set of circumstances that makes it possible for you and I to do something meaningful in life. Yeah, we all want to do something meaningful in life. I believe if we pulled this congregation, uh, that you would all agree that, yes, I want to do something meaningful in life. You don't set out to, I'm going to be a bad person. You know? uh, if you do, we, we have a special prayer room where we'll minister to you later, okay? <laughs> Not really, okay? Anyway, but maybe we should. Anyway, opportunity is most often viewed as something positive and good. But many fail to recognize that some of the greatest opportunities are realized when facing negative circumstances or times of difficulty or in the worst condition. There's opportunities there that, you know, we often don't think that are available to us, but yet they are. What are three things that we can say about opportunity? If you're taking notes, you can write these down. Number one, the greatest opportunities come when we're facing a great challenge. The greatest opportunities come when we're facing a great challenge. See, we have the ability to see the opportunity when in a difficult place. But people have to lift up their eyes. They have to recognize that there is an opportunity, even though this is a difficult place, I need to look for the opportunity that God is bringing my way. And we, we, we need to look at James chapter 1, verse 2, and I'm reading this from the New Living Translation. James chapter 1, verse 2, and let me just tell you a little backdrop about James chapter 1. James 1 is talking about, it starts out talking about tests and trials and how we deal with it. It talks about our attitude and, and what we need to do as far as a request, what we ask God for, asking him for wisdom in the midst of a, of a trial, a test, a challenge. And let me just say this, all of us face trials. You know, if you were to tell me, I never have a trial in my life, then you've never done anything. If you sign up for college, if you go to school, guess what? There's going to be trials. We call them tests, okay? But a test is like a trial. We're tested for what we know and how to apply what we know in that situation, okay? And so, I tell you, there, there's trials, and, and, and our posture and our attitude as Christians, it needs to be specific when facing tests or trials. And let's see what James 1-2 says about that. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Okay? Now let's look at that phrase, opportunity for great joy. If you view every test and every trial as an opportunity for great joy, that's going to get you over the hump. Because when you're going through that difficult situation, then you can say, oh, no, this is an opportunity for great joy. That's what the word says. I don't see this as a doom and gloom thing. I don't see this as it's all over, I'm done. I see this as an opportunity for great joy. Because... We need that joy in our life because that joy is our strength. And we can tap into that. Oh, my. Whatever you're facing, 
decide to look for opportunities. Opportunities to learn, opportunities to grow, opportunities to serve, opportunities to bless others. In fact, they come to us every day of our life. Opportunities to live our life for a greater purpose. Opportunities are passing us by every single day. Whether it's a warm smile or whether it's to just encourage someone. I mean, did you know what? A, just a warm smile to a friend, that can make their day. You know, you go to work in the morning and, and your co-worker comes by you. How you doing? Good. Really? Yeah. I'm good. Can you imagine? Go ahead, co-worker. Hi. And they look at you. Whoa, what's happening to you? <laughs> no, I mean, it can make the day. It, it takes less muscles to smile than does the frown, right? But um, most people's faces are naturally frowning. You just need to smile more. Okay? All right. Uh, Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary defines opportunity as fit or convenient time. Fit or convenient time. It's a time favorable for the purpose. It's a suitable time combined with other favorable circumstances. In other words, it's, it's suitableness of a time. That's the prominent uh, sig uh, significant meaning of, of, of the word. And so what's suitable? That opportunity is suitable for the situation or circumstance that you're in. Okay? So you can understand that. An opportunity is a suitable time to do something meaningful that brings good results. I'll share that again because I see some of you writing notes. An opportunity is a suitable time to do something meaningful that brings good results. Number two, and three things that we can say about opportunity. Opportunities must be recognized. They must be recognized. Winston Churchill, in a quote, he says, a pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity. An optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. See, again, it's all a mindset. It's all your perspective and how you see it. And, and the word is totally in harmony, in agreement with this. We see in Ephesians 5.16, it says, make good use of every opportunity you have because these are evil days. Now, what's interesting about this, Apostle Paul wrote this almost 2,000 years ago. And when he wrote it, you know, you might think, oh, life was easy back then. No, it wasn't. There was evil present in every generation. There's evil present in this generation. These are evil days, so we must make the most of every opportunity because God wants us to prevail over evil and over evil circumstances. Realize that there are endless opportunities. There are endless opportunities. There are also missed opportunities. If an opportunity is not recognized, it will be missed. You know, I, I don't want to miss out on an opportunity. You know, Jesus, as he wept over Jerusalem, he looked at the city, and he's looking at the city from a vantage point, which I stood in that vantage point because I was on the Mount of Olives, and I was looking over the city of Jerusalem. I've been there twice. And looking at that city, I was thinking about Jesus looking over the city, and he wept. 
And he made this statement. He said, they have missed their time of visitation. He's basically saying they've missed an opportunity. He wept over a city that rejected him for the most part. There were those that followed him, but those who were against him prevailed over those who were for him. And he was crucified. You know, don't miss opportunities. And that's my prayer. I said, Lord, I don't want to miss an opportunity that you have for me today. Even if it's an opportunity to speak into somebody's life. And I've learned if God puts somebody in my heart and it, that person just keep crying on my heart, I know I need to call them. I know I need to connect with them. I know I need to, you know, somehow speak to that person and say, you know, Lord, put you on my heart. It's an opportunity to be able to minister and build that person up in that moment. And I tell you, there's times I've, people picked up the phone and, and said, Pastor, I, you don't know how much I needed that today. And see, that shouldn't just be for pastors. All of us in this body need to be sensitized to the Holy Spirit if he puts somebody in our heart. I mean, if somebody, you, you've been on my heart, you've been on my heart. Well, take that another step. Not only pray for that person, but give them a call and say, how are you doing? You know, the Lord just put you on my heart. And that will bless them every time. Because it tells them that God's thinking about me, God's concerned about me, and God loves me enough to put me on somebody else's heart. See, you need to understand that how God moves in this earth is through you, it's through me, it's through his body. You know, we can't just stand there and say, okay, God, do it. No, God's going to use a person. He always uses a person to accomplish his will. That's how he designed it. Now, there's missed opportunities. If an opportunity is not recognized, it will be missed. Another thing we can say is what might have been or could have been. We think about that. What, could it, what might have been in this situation if we would have seized this opportunity? Moments when lost may never be found again if you miss that opportunity. The biggest regrets are not those for what has been done, but for what has not been done because you missed the opportunity. You got that? Here's a quote by Eric Rott. Our lives are defined by opportunities, even the ones we miss. Now, I even put my own quote up there. I, I got to look at it, the next, next one. Ah. Don't weep over life's attempts that have failed. Weep over what you have failed to attempt. I don't know if that's going to make history or anything like that. <laughs> I said, Lord, that's good, you know. And so I, I can't, I didn't really originate it. The Holy Spirit kind of helped me with that, okay? He helps me with everything. By the, you know, uh, without him, I'm nothing. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So we have to trust God. We have to look to him and give him the credit, even though my name's on there. Lord, forgive me for that. Anyway, too often, this is a quote by Daniel Wiley, too often we miss out on opportunities in this life because we were too busy waiting for them to fall into our lap that we missed them tapping on our shoulder. So, you know, it, it's right there. Don't wait for it to fall into your lap. Then number three, the third uh, statement that we can say about opportunity is that we're living 
in a time of opportunity. We are living in a time of opportunity. Now, in the time of opportunity, God gives us certain things. We need to determine this is a time of opportunity. We're living in a day of opportunity. The first thing that God gives us is discernment. And discernment is the quality of being able to grasp and comprehend what is obscure. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's the power to see what is not evident to the average mind. Discernment allows you to see deeper, to see broader, to see a, a, a bigger perspective of, of what you're facing. To, dis to discern means you go beyond the surface. You have a searching mind that goes beyond what is superficial or what is obvious. Many believers lack discernment. And that's sad because we have the Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us, who teaches us, that helps us maneuver in this life and navigate in this life. Discernment is needed to recognize what God is speaking to our situation. And, and you know, God wants to speak to your situation, whatever you're going through. He wants to speak to it, but discernment is necessary for you to really hear what God is saying. And that comes about when you spend time in the Bible, time reading his word, time in prayer, time fellowshipping with God's people, coming to church just like this. Because there's something, you're gonna leave this place today and you're gonna be stronger. You're gonna leave this place today because you have something that God's deposited in your heart. And this is gonna make a difference when you face Monday morning and you have to go to work, you have to go to class, you have to deal with life, you have to deal with a tough situation. Some people, they say, I don't need church. Oh, that's sad because they're depriving themselves of something that can make a difference in their life. It's an opportunity. Every church service is an opportunity for you. Every offering received is an opportunity for you. What, what do you mean? Uh, I, I began a number of years ago to look at that in that frame of mind that if I don't give, I'm missing an opportunity to be a blessing. And so I made a purpose, and, and this is sometimes stuff that we will never let an offering go by that we don't give something to it. You know, when, when we're somewhere in a place, if it's a special offering, you know, we will never not just put anything in. We'll do something. Because otherwise, it's another missed opportunity to be a blessing. Uh, another thing God gives us, we got discernment, we need discernment, is this thing called right order. Right order. See, God desires to bring right order into the midst of confusion and chaos. Because if there's disorder, the opposite of right order is disorder. If there's disorder in our life, in our marriage, in our home, then there's also dysfunction. With disorder, there will always be dysfunction because it's impossible to function properly when things are out of order. And there's a right order. If you look at the universe, God has... It's, it's so orderly how God's established things in the universe. Matthew 6.33 gives us a guideline of how to obtain right order in our life. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. See, that's, that's first priority, seeking first the kingdom of God. That's part of right order because when we put God first, it seems that everything else will line up. 
If God's not first, it's impossible for everything else to line up properly, and things will be out of order. Then number three, what are we on here? Discernment, right order? Now he gives us something else. He, he gives us assignments. In a time of opportunity, God will give us assignments. Oh, I don't like that, Pastor. I don't like assignments. Uh, I teach Bible class at Stevens Front Christian Academy for the high school. And my class loves it when I don't give assignments. When I say, there's no assignments today. Oh, yeah. I, I, I see kind of, they, they smile a little bit. And that's good. Um, and so, but yet, uh, God gives assignments. Like it or not, he gives assignments. And <laughs> see, um, and when he gives assignments, know that there will always be a test, right? 1 Corinthians seven seventeen. only let that person lead the life that God, that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. This is my rule in all the churches. So God has given each of us an assignment. It's a divine assignment. It's a plan, a purpose that he has for you. And with his assignment, um, know that he wants to open doors and in your life, and he may close some doors in your life. And then one more thing that God gives us in the time of opportunity, he gives us provision. And know that where God guides, he provides. Philippians 4.19, it says, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That's right. See, God's provision is far greater than your greatest need. And as I said earlier, uh, there is, excuse me, <clears throat> uh, but if the need isn't met, then someone hasn't done their part. Uh, God's provision is far greater than your greatest need. There's, there's provision in the vision for God's assignment on your life. And, and I, I t you need to know that God's given an assignment on each of your lives, and there's provision. If you take the word pro and vision, it's a compound word. Vision is that thing that God gives to you, that assignment, that purpose, that plan. And pro goes before, and God provides for you to accomplish whatever he's called you to do. You know, people come to me and say, you know, Pastor, I, I think God wants me to do this. I think God wants me to do that. But they don't have any money. Well, if they have a vision, that's where it starts. It starts with a vision because provision follows vision. And provision is the act or process of supplying or providing something. You make provision for the journey. If God's setting you on a journey, he's not gonna send you out empty-handed. He will provide for that journey. And that journey may be go to build an orphanage in Africa. It may be to do something here at home. It may be to start a Destiny Point Women's Restoration Home. It may be to do something that can impact lives of people. Provision is something done in advance to prepare for what's needed. See, something this week, it's interesting, Tim told me, he said there was a, a, a parent that came in and, and they had a check, a huge check for, you know, their childcare services. And, 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 and they told, oh, I forgot about this. I was sitting on it. I thought, wow, they were sitting on it. And what came to mind is, what are we sitting on? 
What are we sitting on that should be given to God? What are we holding back on Him? And I'm not just talking about money. I'm, not talk I'm talking about in our heart, in our service, in our walk. What are we sitting on? Oh, I, I was supposed to give that. Oh, I was supposed to do that. I'm supposed to be there. What are we sitting on that we can begin to give to God? What are we sitting on that we need to sow? I want to appeal to you this morning because maybe there's visitors, maybe there's people that have never been here before. And I don't know where you stand with God. And I'd love to get to know you. I'd love to, you know, uh, see God connect you somehow with us. If, if, if you don't have a home church, if you don't have a, a place that you can call family as, as other believers come together. But where are you at in your relationship with Jesus? Because there's a scripture that talks about the opportune time for salvation. Did you know that salvation is an opportunity? It's the greatest opportunity that we can ever experience and take advantage of. It's an opportunity to have our sins cleansed, to be forgiven. It's an opportunity to have our hearts changed. It's an opportunity to come into a right relationship with Jesus Christ and with God the Father. There's a scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, that says, For he says, in a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I've helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The Apostle Paul was appealing to the Corinthians. He said, now is the opportunity for you to be saved. Now is the opportunity for you to come into right relationship with God. Don't miss out on that. So my appeal to you is if, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've not made your peace with God, if you've not fully given your heart over to Him, I present the opportunity for you to do that today, to do that this morning. You might say, well, I, I don't know if I'm ready. You know, it's not a matter about being ready. It's a matter of heart, being willing. Say, Lord, I want to be right with you. I want a right relationship with you because the consequences of this life, if we fail to accept his gift of eternal life and forgiveness, the only other option is eternal death. The only other option is hellfire. You might say, you believe in that, Pastor? Yes, I believe in that because it's in the Word of God. We can't get around it. We can't ignore it. It's fact. If we fail to make our peace with God, the only consequence is, is eternal separation from Him. And my heart for you is, is, is to come to Him so that you don't have to taste eternal death, so that you don't have to die and go to hell and be separated from Jesus forever. I grieve over people that die and haven't made their peace with God. Now, God's the judge. Maybe in last moments, they, somehow they accept Christ, somehow they make their peace with God. I don't know that. But if they didn't, my heart breaks for them. And the heart of God breaks for people that reject Him. And so my offer today is for you to accept Him, for you to receive Him as your Lord and Savior. I'm going to have you just bow your heads and close your eyes because this is kind of a private moment for people. The Spirit of God is here, and I believe He's dealing with hearts. And today, 
I want to ask this question. If you have, you know in your heart that you're not right with God, you've never really accepted Jesus and given your heart to him. There's a term we call born again, and it's a biblical term. It's being born of his spirit, where you receive his very life, his nature, and something changes inside of you. It's an encounter with Jesus. It's an encounter with God. And it's something that you can have. But if you've never received that and you desired to experience that, I want you to lift your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me so that I can come into this relationship with Jesus, so I can receive this gift of eternal life, so that my sins can be forgiven? If that's you, just hold your hand up. I see that hand. Others... You can put those hands down. You know, I appreciate you being so honest because God's doing something right now in people's hearts. We're going to pray this prayer together. This is, we, we might call this a salvation prayer. We might call this a, a prayer to get right with God. It doesn't matter. But what matters is that you pray it sincerely with your own heart. And we're going to have everybody pray this prayer, even if you didn't raise your hand, because God hears your prayer from your heart. And he'll accept you into his kingdom and forgive you of your sins. Repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. And I open my heart to you. I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Lord, I want a relationship with you. I want to be right with you. I believe you died on the cross for me, Jesus. I believe you rose from the dead to give me new life. Lord Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart. I invite you to be the Lord of my life. By faith, I accept you and I receive you. Make my life what you want it to be. Forgive me for every wrong that I've done. I'm sorry. Make my life what you want it to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Now just receive him. Receive his love. Receive his forgiveness. Receive his cleansing. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. For more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages for free, visit us online at wearerefuge.net.